0: heating up the uk is part of the big heads media network go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts you're listening to heating up the uk a miami heat uk based podcast here's your host dan healy also known as at the miami heat uk enjoy the show hello and welcome to episode 18 of heating up the uk a miami heat uk-based podcast i'm your host dan healy and today it marks episode four of my heat media mvp week and today i it is an absolute joy and a privilege to welcome the coach tony fiorentino tony how are you sir how are you dan i'm very i'm very well i'm very well but more importantly first and foremost how are uh, how are you how are you, are you safe are you healthy how's the family How's things yes
1: yeah i'm spending the uh, in, in been indoors with my two dogs now for a few days and
0: <laughs> I, like,
1: I like to go for about a 3 4 mile walk which i haven't done yet which i'll do in a little while so Lovely.
0: I'm
1: trying to, trying to just survive
0: yeah yeah it's a strange old time but um yeah you continue to uh continue to stay safe um great to have you on with me um really really appreciate your time um sure. Tony, uh, I mean, wow, you, you've literally, you started from with the Miami Heat from day dot, basically, um, as assistant coach under, under Ron Rothstein and, of course, Pat Riley. Um, before we come on to your career, your incredible career on the mic we're, uh, with Eric um, how was it working alongside two of the most iconic and, and important people in Miami Heat history in Ron and Pat?
1: Well, Ron Rothstein was a good friend from New York. We were high school coaches there. And um, when he became the first head coach of the Heat, he asked me to come down, which, of course, I did. Yep. Uh, I was I was assistant coach at Iona College for two years. I was at, I left high school coaching for two years, went to college as an assistant and then came here to the Miami Heat in 1988 on the first staff. And I was working with one of my best friends and, and an outstanding coach. You know, people don't realize what a great fundamental coach Ron Rothstein is. He's very yep. well respected by his peers And then after three years, he left, I became the scouting coordinator for four years uh, with uh, Kevin Lockery and then a few months with Alvin Gentry. And then Pat Riley came aboard seven years into the franchise. Mm -hmm. And uh, I became an assistant coach on his staff for four years. So I was able to get 11 years of the NBA as an assistant. And uh, all of it was exciting. Uh, As you mentioned, I worked for two outstanding coaches and and Ron Rothstein and the Hall of Famer and Pat Riley and uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, wow, incredible. And um and then of course um you then went on to have uh, uh, an incredible 15 years sharing the mic with uh with the legend that is Eric Reed. Um, how enjoyable uh, was it to work alongside Eric for all those years?
1: Well, Eric's one of my best friends. We became, you know, we met when when the Heat first started. He was one of the first uh, announcers for the Miami Heat hmm. And um, so we were very good friends and, uh, you know, 15 years sharing the mic with him. We did over eleven 1, hundred broadcasts. Wow. Uh, I was proud of the fact I never missed a game in, in those 15 years. So that That's was incredible. Cool. Mm-hmm. And um, Eric's one of the best play by play men in the NBA. He's very well uh, liked and, and respected by everybody in the league. And he and I developed a pretty good uh, stick together. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty good chemistry. Uh, yep. It was almost like we were ending each other's sentences by the end of our reign <laughs> together.
0: So
1: it, and one of the great things that we cherished is the fact that we were, when we, for 15 years, we were the only announcers in the NBA that had been dual announcers that had been with the team since its inception. And mm. so we could bring up anything from any of the 15 years that we were together, any of the 30 years of the Miami heat. And we were there, we experienced it. We could yep. something, you, you never know what's going to come up in a broadcast and, it could be something that happened in year three, year nine, year 15. It didn't matter. Uh, one time it came up how we beat the Bulls with only eight players. I was an assistant coach on Pat Riley's staff when that happened. And I went, yeah. I went over some of the things that Pat said, Coach Riley said in the locker room to the players. So it was a very unique situation for the fans, Heat yeah. fans, to be able to have two announcers that were there from the beginning and were able to comment about every, almost anything that happened in those 30 years
0: yeah no that's yeah, yeah absolutely amazing and um looking back at some i mean i spoke to eric a couple of nights ago and uh we was looking back at some of the most iconic plays that um that's been called between the two of you and i uh, we was talking about the the famous obviously uh the the still and buzzer beater from um Dwayne where uh uh, against chicago and then obviously on the table for the that this is yeah. my house that was obviously amazing incredible but another one that i think actually i saw you tweet out today somebody asked you the question and you're you're one of your uh, other very memorable ones i mean i suppose there's many 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 of them but uh, the one you were saying about the uh, the occasion in um in the garden against the knicks that one what was your memories on on that
1: well both eric and i are from new york and yeah. i i grew up 20 22 miles north of the garden coached a high school game in in the Garden when I was at Mount Vernon High School. And um, I know that New Yorkers are very passionate about their sport. And it was great. I had a funny line after Dwayne Wade gets the ball, the clock's winding down, he's got a pretty good defender on him, and he shoots a jumper at the buzzer to win the game. And I said something like, "How do you quiet 20,000 New Yorkers?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Wade hit a shot at the buzzer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really
1: enjoyed that being a, a New Yorker. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> that
1: was memorable. I really enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could tell you really enjoyed that because uh, obviously you're you're um, you're known for your yeah baby, and I think I probably counted <laughs> half a dozen yeah babies on that play. That was, uh, that was special. And, um, was and then, fun. of course, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, like the, sort of the present day now, uh, Tony, you're, um, you're involved as a, a junior heat ambassador and uh, a director of heat camps, which is something that you seem to um, really, really enjoy. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, two years ago, the heat reassigned me to work in the community. Uh, I have mm-hmm. an education background. I taught for 15 years in high school. And um, we, I run the heat basketball camps. I'm a director of their camps. And so it was a natural progression. Uh, we have a junior heat program where we, we want we get um, the goal is to get all of the kids in South Florida who love basketball under one umbrella, the Miami Heat umbrella. Getting all of the the YMCAs and all of the clubs and all the all of the uh, the 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 the, 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 uh, the young kids that are coming up, and we do clinics for them. We have camps, and then I I. Uh, uh, told them i would like to start an anti-bullying campaign a miami heat anti-bullying campaign Mm -hmm. as i mentioned as a teacher i saw how devastating that was in the school and uh and today it's still a problem obviously in in elementary middle and high school and so we've started this anti-bullying campaign and we deal with two different organizations we go into uh elementary middle and high schools mostly elementary and middle schools and we we um try to get them to to be more kind to each other. Mm-hmm. I tell them a story about Magic Johnson's quote. I give out a quote every day in the summer at the summer camps. Yeah. And I, I love giving out quotes. I tell them that, you know, the quote is apropos to them. And it's also look up the, the person who made the quote because then you can learn. That's how you mm-hmm. learn. So
0: yeah.
1: one quote by Magic Johnson that I love starting my, my, my discussion with them with is um, – Magic had a quote where you don't have to be magic to be special. You're already special. You're you.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. When
1: you think about it, there's seven, you know, over seven billion people in the world.
0: Mm. There's
1: only one you.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm not sure kids hear that enough. I'm not yeah. sure they hear that they're special. And so then we go through how you can be special, how you can um, not allow others who might not feel special to try to bring you down and make you feel bad, and, and, and how you can help yourself and others do that. And we make uh, some analogies about uh, some of the way I I told him a story. Great story about about five, six years ago. uh, We were in Washington, D.C., playing the Wizards and we're leaving the building. You got to go around the back to get to the bus. And we're turning the corner and there's a whole bunch of fans standing there behind a security gate. and 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 I happen to be walking out with Dwayne Wade and. Uh, and they're all yelling out Dwayne Wade's name and they're all happy and all that. They want his autograph. They want a selfie. Dwayne saw this 10 year old, nine, 10 year old boy standing there It was kind of short and he looked sad. And Dwayne walked over and knelt down, which made him eye to eye with the boy. And he says, hi, I'm Dwayne Wade. And the boy was a little reluctant at first. And then he started. And then you see a smile from ear to ear <laughs> that that kid's going to remember that the rest of his life that Dwayne wow. Wade noticed that he wasn't happy. And he did that little kind gesture made his day that's mm. the kind of example i like to use with the kids about how you can make somebody else's day with those kind gestures so uh mm. it's a very fulfilling thing that we're doing and uh, we're going to continue it come uh, the next school year in august
0: brilliant brilliant what a fantastic story and uh that's that's really really inspiring so brilliant work with that tony that i that's keep, keep that was fantastic um so one question before we come on to the present day um one question and so we, when you've been doing that now for two years um since you you, you last uh, did a broadcast of Eric. was the uh decision to stop broadcasting um down to you or did you want to, is it because you wanted to move on to this or did you want to just um stop with, uh, put the mic down basically what was the main thing behind it
1: well honestly it wasn't my decision it was the his okay. decision they wanted right. to um, they wanted to build up fans in the community they wanted to get two kids like that with a similar to what i 'm doing with anti bullying to be honest with you, I wish I could be doing both
0: because yeah, I really coach. enjoy
1: <laughs> connecting with the kids. You know, I was a teacher, as I mentioned, yeah. for 15 years. I taught five classes a day for 15 years before I went to college as a coach and then came to the Miami Heat. And I really enjoy the camps because I connect with the young kids. So, but I really miss and, and, and wish I could have continued, uh, uh, to, to be honest with you, with mm. working with Eric. But uh, it is what it is right now. I'm enjoying mm. what I'm doing yeah I do miss working with Eric I do miss uh, traveling with the team and all that stuff but um we're doing some real good work with the junior heat program so it's, yeah. it's been very
0: fulfilling you are yeah brilliant okay that's that's great um right so let's let's talk about some basketball um so miami have, have made i think it's fair to say we we've, we've exceeded expectations at the moment at this present moment um some will say that we're on track um, other others probably more realistically saying that we're maybe just a little bit ahead of the curve of what we maybe thought we would be before the season. So, I mean, I, I want to maybe get like a, a, both of us through a main sort of positive for this season and then um, follow that also up with maybe one concern each that we've got maybe going forward. Um, so, I mean, if if I start, I, I think that the pro, our main pro, I think the main positive for this season so far has been that how just how quickly these guys... Um, have just have moulded themselves into very competent players. When you look at the the, the complete switch around in, in staff and on our roster at the moment, um, from what it was last year to what it is now, it's almost unrecognisable. And, you know, you've got these rookies like Tyler Harrow and and Kendrick Nunn that have just hit the ground running. And then also our first full season from Duncan Robertson, when he only played 10 games last year, it's his first full season. So for him to do what he's doing... um. I, I just think it's it's mind blowing. So when you add that to you know Bam's leap that he's made this season, I mean I I was one of Bam's biggest fans, um, but even I didn't think that it was going to be this good, this quick. Um, so my main positive, I think the most exciting thing to me is uh, how how far this team could go. When when you look at really this is year one, where they could get to in years two, three, and four. What do you what do you think? Could, could, could it be? It, it, surely it's just going to keep getting better, right? Well, you
1: know what Coach Bolster likes to say about that. Just to allude to what you just said, there you never put a ceiling on it, mm-hmm. and that's what one of the great strengths. One of the things I always mentioned on the air, and some people thought I was just saying that because I'm good, good friends with Eric Bolster, and that you know I was I'm with the Heat and all of that. But one of the things I've always said is that we have one of the best, if not the best, teaching staff in the NBA. Yeah. And I know that because I was part of that. I I was behind the scenes and I saw exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. And they 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 make a commitment to excellence. And you've got to give Pat Riley a lot of credit because he brings in players that are receptive to that kind of teaching, to that kind of work ethic. And if they're not into that kind of work ethic, then they either don't come here or they don't last long. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is you have uh, an organization where everybody is connected in the right way, trying to get the right, get to, get to, you know, the highest level you can get to, from the owner, Mickey Harrison and Nick Harrison, on down,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: Pat Riley, to the staff, to the ball boy, everybody just working on the same page. Yeah. And so, while there is a little bit of a surprise that maybe they got off really quickly, uh, you know, the second game of the season, the Heat went to Milwaukee mm. without. Jimmy, Jimmy. yeah, and beat Milwaukee in overtime. Mm-hmm. And so that I think everybody started to take notice a little bit. Whoa, okay. And and the younger guys, um, I I said this before the season. I had a I did a radio show and I said, look, this, this. Let me just say a couple of things right here. Number one, the Heat's goal this year, and you got to think back to uh, October when the 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 um the national media, local media. We're we're trying to, you know, they were all projecting where the Heat would wind up. Some people didn't have them in the playoffs, fighting to get in the playoffs. Most people had them maybe six or seven. The Heat's goal from day one was to have one of the top four seeds in the playoffs to have Mm -hmm. home court advantage. That's right. And they don't, they don't listen to the outside noise. That's all Mm -hmm. noise. That's Mm -hmm. all projection. So that's number one. Number two is. I said on the radio station back in October before the uh, training, uh, before the exhibition season started that I think, I think Hero is going to be a very good player for the Heat. We know Bam's going to be very good, um, but my, my, um, my sleeper for this team was Kendrick Nunn. Mm-hmm. I had met him over the summer. He came to Heat camp. We bring a player every week to camp to meet with the kids and do that different things, and I got to know him a little bit. I, we bonded right away, and I could tell right away by the way he carried himself that he was very confident, but he had a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't drafted. Yep. He was the second-leading scorer in the country behind uh, Trey Young yep. two years ago. And the Heat did, did an unbelievable thing. It shows you how great the organization is in a lot of different ways. The last day of last season, the Heat signed Kendrick
0: Nunn.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and uh, even someone like myself, I'm looking at this and say, well, I wonder why we did that. Then we find out why? Because Golden State didn't have room for him on the roster. Yeah, and they were gonna, they were gonna sign him, and he'd be starting for Golden State today. If he,
0: yeah, he certainly it. would.
1: You know, and 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 he'd be a very good player off the bench when the two great players come back together. You know, yeah. the guards. But uh, the Heat saw that they signed him to a two-year contract. Not only did they do that, and and he has started every game, mm-hmm. and he's going to be first-team All-NBA rookie. But they also earned the own the Bird rights to him, which mm-hmm. is, um. Bird rights mean when, when, when a player's contract's up, if you yeah. have his bird rights, it means that you can go over the cap to re-sign him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? So yeah. uh, he, he's been unbelievable. He's got a great resolve. He had two or three tough games in a row. And mm-hmm. my friends would say something to me. I said, no, don't worry about him. He'll be fine. He comes back the next game, gets 24 yeah. points. You know, nothing rattles him. He comes, yeah. from, a, comes from a very uh, highly acclaimed high school in Chicago in Simeon, um, uh, and, and he's been a, 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 you know, he's been a, a really high level player his whole career up mm-hmm. to now. And, and so he's proven everybody. He's, he's one of the you know some better, some best three or four or five rookies in the NBA.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I think we've all seen many, many times is um, he doesn't get phased. If he gets up to a rough start. Well, he's not going to stop he 's just going to keep going and keep going he 's not going to shy away from taking his shots just because he 's missed a few we 've seen that so many times and then you know as soon as they start then more often than not he catches fire and you you're completely right it 's just a really really important player for us and again just yeah, just out of nowhere so absolutely hats off to the uh, to the organization and and their continued excellence in their coaching development so um yeah so that okay so that was my sort of main thing about the um You know the development of these young players, and you've obviously just uh, highlighted that, and also Kendrick. So that that's to one side. What what would be your what would be another thing that you would put as maybe the main the main positive on this season so far?
1: Well, you got you got young. What? What every pro franchise tries to do in any uh, any sport, soccer. You know, you're talking from England. I know soccer's big. Yeah. Any any pro sport. What you want to do is you want to develop young players and win at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you can do both, that's the ideal situation, and that's what the Heat have been able to do this yeah. year. They've been able to develop the young guys from day one. They don't cut corners. Um, part of the reason why a Kendrick Nunn and a Bam and a Hero and and a, and a Robinson can do so well, a, De- uh, a Derrick Jones Jr. is because they get great encouragement from the head coach and the coaching staff in general. They work with them every day. They, they make sure that the confidence is there. They don't ever get down on them. Everything's positive. Um, if a guy misses a few shots, he's not going to get yanked out of the game. They're not going to panic. They know that in the long run it's going to work out, mm-hmm. and the whole thing works together. So I, I think when, you, when you're looking at a situation like the Heat has, they've been able to overcome some injuries they faltered yep. a little bit on the road. They they were doing well on the road, then they lost about seven out of eight or eight out of yeah. nine or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, and and um, they just got Tyler Hero back the last game before the uh, they had a break, mm-hmm. and um, they're waiting for Myers Leonard to get back, which you know this break may help them if they get yeah. back to the season or the playoffs. And so, um, they're confident that they they can make some noise in the playoffs, and who's gonna doubt them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, now coming on to that, that's that's led me on quite nicely because um, I'm not going to say what's maybe the one negative because I don't really think you can look at negatives for the Miami Heat this season. But maybe to rephrase it on what would be maybe my main concern. um, Now, talking about the playoffs, this team obviously is a playoff lock. Um, Hopefully we're going to see, you know, get that final fourth seed that we was aiming for at the beginning of the season, which guarantees us home court advantage. But the only thing that I would say maybe is a concern. And it's, it seems a little bit strange to say it after saying about how well the progression of the players are, but you know, th- there's a, quite a lot of inexperience there. And I know we've brought in Jay Crowder and Iguodala to help with that. Um, but this is a team that's only had one playoff season in, uh, sorry, one playoff series in about three, four years now. Um, so that inexperience is, and whether, whether it play off its inexperience on what may cost them, maybe have they got that extra level to go to. Now, from my point of view, it it doesn't really matter because I look at this season now as it's a win regardless because we didn't really expect this um to to happen. I think the only thing that would be maybe a little bit uh, disappointed is if we went out in the first round, but I think second round onwards I'd be happy with that. I just think that as I said this this will will helps uh steer this team in the right way. Um, but that would be maybe my only sort of concern is have these young guys that sort of are showing no fear and and doing really really well. Have they got that that extra level when the playoff intensity uh uh, you know, ramps up? Is that something you would agree with?
1: Um, that, that's pretty good. I think that the thing that you, that's important here and what gave the Heat instant credibility was when they signed Jimmy Butler. When they mm-hmm. got Jimmy Butler in a trade, he's a very well-respected guy, five-time All-Star. Yeah. He's been through the mill. He's been through the playoffs obviously. And I think he's the guy they'll lean on. Uh, a guy like Udonis Haslam, three-time world champion. He started yeah. in the o- on the 0-6 team the first year we won when we beat Dallas mm-hmm. and then he was a sub off the bench when we won the championships in 11, uh, 12 and 13. Um, but it's his leadership and his things of that nature. He's like a player coach. They're the guys that you're going to lean on the guy like Dragic, you know, a guy yeah. who's been around a long time and um, you know, has great European experience winning the cup a few years ago and be the MVP from Slovenia. So I think those are, the, those are the intangibles, I think, that the Heat are going to fall back on um, going into the playoffs. And I, probably the main concern would be they, they haven't figured out yet how to become more consistent and more urgent playing on the road. Yeah. And so it really puts a lot of pressure on you. You're going to have the home court advantage. If the season ended today, the Heat would have the home court advantage with the fourth, pick, yep. uh, fourth seed. They would play uh, Indiana, 2-0 yep. against.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and but it puts a lot of pressure on you to win all your home games
0: yeah absolutely because
1: you know I always said this if you have home court advantage in the playoffs what it means is if you lose a home game you've got to win one game on the road
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if you don't have home court advantage in the playoffs if you lose a home game you got to win two games on the road yeah and so so by having home court advantage hopefully in that first round you can you can hold serve but if not, then you've got to find a way to win a game on the road. And the Heat, uh, it, it, they had, they did win at Indiana earlier yeah. in the season, okay? They're suppo- if the season continued, there was two games left with Indiana, both home and away. Yeah. And, you know, who knows how that's going to all uh, come mm-hmm. down, how that all is going to come down. But we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, and no one knows how this break
0: yeah. is
1: going to factor into any of the teams, you mm-hmm. know? So – uh hopefully we'll get back to playing some games, hopefully at least the playoffs when this whole thing uh passes.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean that's that's a really good highlighting point there about the, the, the road um performances because uh, as you said it's uh it was fine it started off really well but it's, it has we've sort of hit the rails a little bit and so it's almost like a bit of a mental thing it came to so perhaps you know this this little break if anything that no one no one wants to put a, a positive on this break at all because it's not a positive situation but you know maybe that would just clear a few minds and we can get back to it but you know fingers crossed i mean what what do you see before we come on to the final segment um tony what do you do you see that as the, the most realistic um alternative now going forward with you know the rest of the season do you see any more uh, regular season games being played at all or do you think that we might just go straight into playoff basketball or do you think maybe what's more realistic is maybe the whole season gets moved back to so that the next season doesn't start till december time how, how what, what do you think maybe would be the the, the best scenario going forward
1: well and reading some stuff and reading between the lines it sounds like if, if it depends on how long this is going to take we know no one knows hmm how long this virus is going to be a, a right. you know, be a, be a problem. Um, I think it's all going to depend on that. I think the the, the goal, I think the, the, uh, the, the, one scenario that, that, that probably is in mind is that they'd like to play, you know, uh, well, let's look at it another way. When you come back, if you, let's say it's a couple of months and you come back in June, let's say, yeah. okay, let's say it's 60 days from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're going to need some time to practice because yeah. you don't want guys getting hurt. You know, Hopefully that they're staying in shape on their own because they know mm-hmm. there is a possibility to play. Uh, maybe um, have a, for a few regular season games that would be equivalent to exhibition games, but they are regular season games, games that were left on your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get into the playoffs because th- there's been some discussion from what I've read about going into the summer, going into July, possibly August to finish the playoffs. Yeah. And so then that would push next season back a little bit. Yeah. You, know, you would start right. next season. Normally, you start uh, uh, training camp starts now, the end of September. Yeah. Last week in September. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to do that. You know, nah. there's no problem with the Olympics now. That's moved, you know, a year ahead. And so there'd be no summer league. Um you know so maybe there would be who knows so yeah. again it's all up in the air and you've yeah. got to wait and see how long this virus thing's going to last and yeah. then they can make uh, uh some decisions
0: that's it yeah and uh yeah this is the main thing this is what we've said every every night so far on these podcasts i'm saying that you know nobody knows so that, that if, if people want their sport back it's very simple just abide by the government guidelines and just stay indoors because then the sooner this passes the sooner our sport comes back that we all love and enjoy um brilliant tony right uh, the final segment if you don't mind um all week, I've been asking my uh, guests, or I've been giving my guests, a how's your memory quiz. And this okay. is five five questions about the season that we're currently in. The first three questions are going to be Miami Heats related. And the second two are going to be uh, just NBA in general. Uh, okay. At the moment, we've got uh, Will Manso and Jax uh, both leading the way on three out of five. Uh, Eric, Reed, Eric Reed scored two on his attempt. And then Ethan Skolnick uh, from Five Reasons Sports, he scored uh, one. So he's propping us up at the moment. So you've got a target here. that um, I'm feeling good about this. I think we're going to have a new leader tonight. Okay, Tony, are you ready? Sure. Okay, here we go. Um, what is Miami's home record this season? Uh,
1: okay, Miami's home record this season is... Uh,
0: 27 and four. Oh, you're so close. 27 and five.
1: 27 and five. That's right. We've got nine games left.
0: That's right. I was thinking we had (laughs) ten. Okay. Close, but okay. No, let's let's go on. Okay, so um, just before All Star break, uh, Miami had a five game road trip out west. What was their record throughout that trip? One and four. One and four was correct. Yes, just a solitary win against uh, Golden State. So that's good. One out of two. On we go. Um, now, this one, um, this one's going to be good. Miami started the season very hot, 8, 0.800 through October. But what was their next best win percentage month?
1: You said November was... Uh,
0: no, F- o- o- October, we went, we was 0. 0.500... Oh through, uh, sorry, 0.800 through October. Only five games, of course, but 0.800. So what was our next best win percentage month? Uh, December. December is correct. With 0.733, we went through December. Narrowly beating November. Okay, you're looking good. You're looking good. This is two out of three. Now we've got two NBA questions. Right, uh, if the playoffs started today, who would be the first round matchups in the East? You need all of them.
1: Uh, in the east would be, um, okay, um, let me guess now. Wait, it would be Milwaukee? Yes. Would be playing Orlando? Correct. Okay. Um, Toronto would be playing the Nets.
0: Correct.
1: uh Boston would be playing Philadelphia. You've got it. And Miami would be playing Indiana.
0: Okay, there we go. That, that is correct. So here we go. This is a chance to win. This is a chance to take the lead. Uh, no three out of four so far, this is the one. Okay, question five. lot of pressure. Which team leagues, leads the league in rebounds per game? Which team leads the league in rebounds per game?
1: Rebounds per game. Which team leads the league in rebounds per game? Uh, let me think about this.
0: Uh, hmm. Which team leads the league in rebounds per just, game? It's giving him time to, to to Google it. So I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Tough. So, I've got to push for an answer. You're enjoying this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee is correct. Oh we have a leader. It's one point <laughs> <51. laughs> seven rebounds per game. Uh wow. that's incredible. You take the lead brilliant yeah, so the only one i got
1: wrong was the record
0: <laughs> that's it the first one the first one so um and that was that was narrowly uh out as well so you you, fin- you st- finished off storming uh to the finish line so you are the lead now the only the only person that can beat you is tomorrow's episode tomorrow's my final episode and we've got mike inglis uh on the on the line with us so uh he's gonna Don't need a ask full him any house.
1: rugby questions <laughs> any He's Scottish, you know. I know he is, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, he's got to hit a full house to take this title. So uh, brilliant. Um, right, we'll wrap it up there. That was fantastic. Well done, Tony. Uh, brilliant, Thanks. absolutely brilliant to talk to you. Um, great to have the coach on with me. Uh, hope you've all enjoyed it. Please um, continue your great stuff uh, with with the Heat Junior Camp. Um, brilliant insight into that. And, I appreciate it. Thank you. And no, uh,
1: you know, we love our fans across the pond. You know that the Heat fans yeah. across.
0: The- yeah. Yeah. We, well, we all we all feel the same. Backwards. So uh, yeah. Um, we just can't wait for it to start again. You know, those those midnight, 12:30, 1 a.m. so on tip off times. Uh, we miss them. We miss them. We want them back. So uh, <laughs> fingers crossed we we get back soon. So take care of yourself, Tony. And, you too, um, Dan. Thank- Thank you very much for joining me. Take care, man. Bye-bye. So that was was Tony Fiorentino uh, on the line with me um, for episode four of my Heat Media MVP week. And um, tomorrow we wrap it up with Mike Inglis. I hope you've enjoyed. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe, guys.